point eight to ten p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songes on on SFM. Thank you so much, uh, and once again, good evening to the listeners. On this takeover edition, um, hosted by myself from Kulewa it is an absolute pleasure for me tonight to uh, welcome my best friend of 25 years, Dr. Stelum Kize, and his brother, who is also Mr. Uh, World South Africa, Dr. Sezilim Kize, whom I've known uh, my entire life. But tonight, they're not here in that capacity. We can have that discussion on another night. We are dealing currently with the COVID-19 situation. And Stelo, in a conversation, said to me, we are putting so much pressure on the um, frontline workers and the doctors and the healthcare services when we say they are the line of defense. And they said to me, we as individuals are the our own line of defense. So I said to myself, it must be very serious then for those who are on the front lines. And so I welcome um, two great young men, um, Ustelo and Ufezile Bagamkeze. Ustelo is based in Cape Town and Fezile in Johannesburg. I'm sure uh, many know Fezile for the many things that he has done, including top billing and so on and so forth. So gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hey guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, good Hi. evening, guys, in the studio, and good evening to everyone at home. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. An absolute pleasure. So, right, first off the bat, um, Stelo, if you could, because you're obviously housed at the very um, epicenter of the virus, which is Cape Town, and probably as somebody who's had to deal with this, I know in the conversations we've been having, you were also in the ICU recently taking care of patients there. Talk to us about the importance of all the advices that we've been getting, because there are obviously consequences if we don't adhere. Uh, thanks, Kulevo. Um, yeah, like you said, um, I'm currently based in Cape Town. I'm actually training in orthopedic surgery, but because there's been such a, a great need and a great demand for health professionals to help out with COVID, some of us have had to be redistributed. Um, and yeah, I, li- I like what you said, um, because of our conversation that actually health workers are not at the front line. We actually, the last, the last line is defense. Um, what's at the front line is, is, is the public, is the masses at large. And, and the strategies that the government has set out for them to try and implement, you know, like social distancing, make sure to wash your hands at all times, stay at home as much as possible. Um, those are really the, the, the key things that are going to try and curb the, the rise of this virus. All right. So, Faye, do you share a similar perspective with what you are dealing with um, in Soweto, currently where you are actually working now? Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's exactly as uh, my brother is saying. It's, it's, it's crazy because everybody calls um, us front frontline workers. Um, and we are back end. And when you kind of look at the big hospitals who are getting a lot of this data um, and seeing um, some of the sick patients, you you kind of miss that there, there are points that you can kind of curb and, and stop things happening. And information becomes so crucial and it becomes so key because 
it allows people to know what they can do to even stop themselves entering into the hospital. And I think with all of us going down um, the levels, uh, there's one thing that always sticks, and that's things like social distancing, making sure that you're um, sanitizing and washing your hands and wearing masks. And it, it kind of gets forgotten as things kind of get a bit easier and a bit more um, relaxed that those things are there throughout all the stages and all the levels. So once that is forgotten, that's when we really start to see an increase and with an increase, um, a burden um, throughout the entire system. All right. No, I, I, I think that the message that you and Stelo drive home is that each individual is a government themselves, mm. first government, the government of the self, of personal um, responsibility. And I think I share in that the observations which are before us, uh, that people think every time we move from one level to the other, lower down, that things are getting better. When to find that we are only approaching the eye um, of the storm. Lockdowns mm. are not permanent. They are buying us time as a nation, as the world to get ready for the worst. And so I think we pay tribute to you um, as people who, when we are staying at home, are actually going out to work to take care of those who need um, health care. And I think every South African appreciates what you and your fellow um, you know, colleagues in the healthcare fraternity um, are doing. Maybe just to then, on a, on a, on a lighter note, of course, um, I always call you the um, keys at doctors, to actually reflect for a moment, because we are also in youth month, um, on the, you know, and I know this is probably personal a bit much, but having lost your dad at a very young age, you are left with your mom. And many single parents are struggling um, currently and with rogue children who, um, for one reason or the other, um, certainly just don't, uh, you know, respect and appreciate the family setup and so mm-hmm. on. What advice do you have for parents on one hand who are single-handedly raising kids, but also at the same time, what can you say to young people out there who are facing difficult years on all sorts of machinations, but of course the power of dreams is there, and you too are certainly a testament of that. I heard Stelo, I think his line has gone off, I hope he's back, but I was going to put that um, kind of narrative out there as well to encourage other young South Africans about pursuing and chasing dreams. Any takers? First, Stelo? Is this Stelo there? Like, Stelo uh, is not on the line. I beg your pardon for that. It's just that we've had a problem with his line. So you probably okay. want to take the response to that. So, so it's okay. fine for me to step up as the, as the younger brother. Now. You know, you have to ask these things. You know, for no sorry for respect and, and so forth. Um, oh, gosh. Here we go. It, 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 it's really it's funny. Today. Um, it's really finding about like um, as formal as all this sounds, and 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 as much as you've done, you you're still kind of to me because you grew up with us and you grew up in that oh, household sure. where um, my mother was a single working mother, and I mean as you remember, she was working most of the time, um, and and with that because we lost our father at such a young age, and and you also kind of know those situations and being in a house where there were so many of us and she was still trying to help people, um, we ended up being in a house where she wasn't always there, but there was a feeling that all of us were trying to do something together. We were all trying to kind of get through it together. Um, And for me, it was one great uh, people who were older than me as much as we butted heads and uh, 
we had interesting times and back and forth <laughs> um, where, yeah, you, you feel like, especially because I was a middle child, but I mean, amongst the three of us who were boys, I was the youngest. Um, there is kind of that thing where you feel like you're this younger, you're this younger child and there is this thing where you want to prove yourself. But at the same time, I felt reassured and I had people who were older than me. And more than that, there were people who wanted the, the whole system, so our entire family to work. And I think once you start thinking about that, you don't necessarily need um, a nuclear family or like a traditional family um, to to then have a fulfilling um, experience and to feel like you're growing as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, family is just people who are willing to do things for you and back you and, and take the time to correct you um, in things that they've already experienced. Um, and I know which you have uh, all sorts of stories and homework stories that you uh, have in your back pocket about me when I was still growing. And but for me, yeah, I love about it. I now. will put that narrative <laughs> out. I don't mean to cut you, but um, just a, um, just a quick one because then the question will arise: um, wh- how I know um, Stelio and Fizil. Um and I, I think the, the, what I, why I tell this story is certainly not for posturing, but the power of reigniting um, what in the African culture has always been that it takes a, it takes a village to raise mm. a child. Um, as indicated earlier, and I think it's something we need to go back to as part of our socialization as, as a people to take responsibility for each other, about each other. I met Stella in '95. Um, and we were in grade two at the time. In, when we were in grade four, my parents decided to send me to boarding school. And um, Stelo's mom, uh, Mom Judy, um, because I was now friends for the longest of time with Stelo, she said, a child needs to grow up in a home. And all fairness, Stelo, their family home was close to our school. So mm-hmm. I was taken out of boarding school. Um, and I stayed with them kids um, for um, three and a half years before I went back to um, boarding school in high school. And so that is testament of the African spirit and African culture where we stand solidarity for each other, with each other, insofar as trying to alleviate our own plights. And it's, 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 it's one of the things which we need to fast track in re-entrenching um, in, 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 in our culture. And yes, Ophelia did have a homework problem. He certainly just did not like it. I had no intention of telling that story, but since he already has, um, it's fine. But I'm glad that you rose above that and we celebrate um, your life as well now. I'm not sure if Stello is back um, on the line. Stello is back, um, Mr. Flango. Let me just quickly interrupt you because you're talking about the Mkize home and how it was Mamum Kize who made the call for you to leave boarding school and stay in their home. Well, Mamum Kize is on the line who effectively raised three boys who are on the SIFM platform right now. Two of them, Fezil and Stella, are medical doctors respectively in Johannesburg and Cape Town helping the country fight the COVID-19 pandemic. And one of them is holding public to account or public authorities to account in how they spend government's money. She couldn't possibly be prouder. Mama Judy Mkiza, good evening. Thanks for joining this conversation. Do you have a word or two to say to your sons, the three of them, that is, and how it was like being a mother to these, well, now very successful young men? Uh, good evening uh, in the studio, and hello, my boys. Good evening, South Africa. Hello. Um, 
I love you. And uh, the only thing that I can tell you is that God loves you. South Africa loves you. You must always remember you are there wherever you are because South Africa has put you. You must always remember be the best wherever you are. Shine. And humbleness will take you to heights. Leko, you know that. Humbleness will take you to heights. I'm just so proud and humbled. Could never have asked of any for anything from God. I'm proud of you. Siabongama. Thank you so much, Mamun Kiza. That is Mrs. Judy Mkiza, mother to Dr. Fezile Mkiza, mother to Dr. Stelum Mkiza, mother to Mkulego Tlengwa, MP. Let's take an ad break before Mr. Tlengwa continues the conversation with his brothers, stroke friends, who are medical doctors, as we talk more about COVID and the responses of the respective governments of Gauteng and the Western Cape. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on The Viewpoint. We are back and Mr. Tlengwa takes over. That's what puts on us. Um, um, in the little time that we have um, left, obviously one of the big discussions in South Africa is about NHI and there's huge comparisons between um, the private sector and the public sector. Um, insofar as healthcare is concerned. But as people are on the front line, and I know, Stelo, you've had, uh, you know, tasted both worlds, what advice would you give to government about what needs to be the immediate priorities? Because ultimately, there needs to be implementation. Um, NHI is not going to happen overnight. But the immediate priorities insofar as enhancing our healthcare system as people who are actually on the front line and not those of us who are in politics who may seek political correctness. But the raw fact of what needs to happen now if we are to turn our healthcare system around for the benefit of South Africans, particularly those who are living in conditions of poverty and so on, and need um, healthcare from government. Um, hi. Um, I would answer by saying... <laughs> The vast majority of, of diseases we have, being a third world country, is due to poverty um, and and the lack of education. So I, I think if we could focus our resources more on the preventative side of, of diseases, you know, um, trying to improve poverty, improve the, the education levels of our country, I think that will go a long way to, to dealing with um, not only the pandemic, but um, all the diseases that uh, burden us as a country. You want to carry on, gentlemen? Fezile? Oh, sorry, guys. I was a bit cut off there. Um, but with regards to kind of the NHI and the public and public uh, private sector, um, for there to really be assistance when it comes to the public sector, there's always been a need for buy-in from the private sector. Um, just because inherently it would have more funds um, that they have at their disposal, but it 
then needs to be a measure of it being um, kind of a human element where we need to start looking at the fact that there is a big gap and a discrepancy in what can be given to the public at mass um, with kind of the reduced pricing because it's public services um, and then having to think about the lives that are, that are then going to be benefited by that um, because at the end of the day, financially, it might not make great sense for there to be buying from the private sector but if you think about it in terms of lives saved and quality of life improved um, you really can't put a price on that um, and that's where I always say we need to kind of pull at the heartstrings um, of, of companies um, within the private sector to, to give more um, to public so that we can say that we're giving our people the best possible care that we can even though it's within a system that is very much run um, by how much resources you have, and we're spreading it um, quite thin. All right. Well, I take two things out of that. Taylor says to us, prevention is better than cure. On one hand, and Fezile is advocating for public-private partnerships, making all of this a personal and societal responsibility. Exactly. Um, because it's important that um, the previously disadvantaged who are presently disadvantaged do not find themselves left behind. So we do need to step up. But I really take on the point prevention is better than cure. All right, gentlemen, before we round it up, it is Youth Month. We are celebrating the youth of 1976 and the vision and the mission of that generation um, has inspired the generations that have followed. Um, Fezile, you are 29. Stelo, you are 32. What advices do you have for young people today moving forward as we all try to collect with the realities of our times to make South Africa better than we found it and for it to find its place in the global stage as a relevant country in every material respect? And that responsibility falls on the shoulders of young people. So brief responses, your advices to our um young South Africans, myself included. I think I'm going to wait for uh, my older uh, sibling there to tell me because he is old and I'm young. Let me hear <laughs> what advice he has for me. You, yeah. you keep <laughs> entrenching yeah. this thing. Yeah. To you are losing brownie this. points here, Stelo, eh? You want brownie <laughs> points, this one. Uh, it's been taught well. The, the, the wise uh, ones must speak first. Um, <laughs> jokes aside Guess who's not um, getting meat at the dinner table <laughs> I never did Your assumption is that I had meat to begin with I have nothing to play with all lose here Sure, let's get a response from Fezile finally, please um, I think for me it's, it's um, As the youth uh, There's almost uh, You want to think that everything's going to fall Onto the shoulders of people older than you um, but I think um, the more that we have with social media, especially, um, we get to decide how our future looks. And we are inheriting uh, this earth and everything that comes with it. So we need to step up as soon as we can so we are part of the narrative um, as to the place that we are now going to have to live on um, well after the people who are already ahead of us are, mm. are gone. Mm. Mm. Finally, from you, Stelo, please. Stelo. Yeah, I just would like to encourage the youth, eh? dream big, um, work even harder. Um, like says was saying, that the, the world is yours, you know. Um, we, we are so powerful right now. I mean, there's a lot of things that are out of our hands, but we, we can actually do so much with the little that we have, even though we've got a lot of obstacles to try and, and climb over. 
um, working together, helping each other out. Um, there's really nothing that we can do. I know that sounds um, quite cliche, but it, it's never been more true now. It's such a, such a time to be alive that we can literally do anything that we put our minds to. Awesome. Gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. I do want to conclude on a sort of very serious note and say that in the midst of all the challenges that the world faces, there are young people who are committed to the plight of the world. But there are challenges which confront demographics, which confront certain sections of our of the world, whether it is on um, identity, whether it is on race. And at this point, we are grappling with the very sad realities of having to proclaim once more that black lives matter. I've heard the narrative that all lives matter. That is very true. But the reality and the struggle of the moment of now is that Mm -hmm. black lives matter. And Mm -hmm. we need to push back on the frontiers of racism to give space to knowledge, skills, and expertise of young people who make a meaningful contribution without having to look over their shoulder because of their race. We are tired of having to repeat the same things over and over again. When young people are given opportunities, they are able to do good. And the interview of tonight with Dr. Stelum Kizze and Dr. Fezlem Kizze is testament of the black disability. And therefore, they should not as any other citizen in the world, have to live a life of fear. So, yes, black lives matter. Most certainly. Thank you so much to Mr. Mkule Gotlengwa and Drs. Fezile and Stelum Kiza. That's as good a throw forward as we could have asked for for the next discussion after the news break right now with Grechos.